Over the past year, we have celebrated the incarnation and the resurrection, Christ's ascension into heaven, the coming of the Spirit, and the founding of the Church. And now we find ourselves on the very strange feast day of Trinity Sunday. Now, I admit that preaching a sermon on this occasion is no easy task. So the last couple of weeks, I looked to my bookshelves from Augustine to Zizioulis. I read profound reflections on this strange idea of God as three persons, one and many. But as I turned through their pages, I found myself struggling to keep up with the ideas, much less finding any truth to share in a 10-minute homily. Maybe I thought I'll just focus on three key Trinitarian concepts, hypostasis, kenosis, and theosis. I mentioned this idea to my wife, Emily, and she mercifully said, please don't. I kept reading, and I eventually found myself in a wonderful book by the contemporary Anglican theologian, Sarah Coakley. Coakley is a priest and professor who mixes theology and prayer, systematic thoughts, and contemplative mysticism. In Coakley's book, God, Sexuality, and the Self, an essay on the Trinity, she offers a refreshingly approachable text. And yet, at the center is not a text at all, but a chapter on Trinitarian iconography, showing the dozens of imaginative ways that artists have practiced theology through their pictures of the triune God. Through these images, Coakley writes, we can accomplish two ends. First, we can have our ideas of God purged of idols, getting rid of all the false and static images that hinder our encounter with the divine. Second, she says that we can redirect our minds, hearts, and imaginations to a new participation in the Trinitarian God. That participation is, after all, the goal of our faith. So taking a cue from Coakley, I thought that perhaps the best way for us to reflect together on this Trinity Sunday would be to look at a few of the images of the Trinity and let them clear and renew how we imagine God. So taking this little handout. If you don't have one, please look on with a neighbor. And for those who are worshiping with us online, you can find a copy of this on our Christchurch website on the live stream page. The first image, the Troitsa, is perhaps the most famous Trinitarian icon, one whose familiarity might obscure some of its profound meanings. 
The Troitza is an icon from the 15th century, painted by Andrei Rublev. Though it is often called the hospitality of Abraham, referring to that time when Abraham hosted three divine beings, the hospitality here is really being offered to us by the three persons of the Trinity, who are inviting us to come and sit at the table of God's being. The Trinitarian God is a personal God, one who makes room for us at the table, inviting us to join into the community and communion of God's love. In this image by Rublev, our gaze is drawn into a circle. We are invited to wonder who is the Father, who is the Son, who is the Spirit. It is Christ, not the Father, who sits at the center. Christ is how God is known to us, the Word who became flesh. He's gesturing toward the mill on the table of communion inviting us to come and sit. To his right is the Spirit. Like Jesus tells us in our Gospel reading, it's the Spirit that comes alongside us, showing us the way. It's as though the Spirit's the one who pulls back the seat so that we can come to the table. God the Father is on the left, looking toward the Spirit and the Son. This God that we call Father is the source, the one whose love for the world brought forth these new processions of God's person, Christ and Spirit, so that all creation might join in the feast. On the side closest to us in the image, you'll see a small square. There's some evidence that there was once glue here. Scholars think that there was a mirror, and that when a person was invited to come and sit before this icon, she would see herself reflected back. As Paul said in our reading from Romans, our lives are to join in the glory of God's life. The communion of the Trinity is a communion of love which we are all invited to participate and be a part of through the great hospitality of God. Turning now to the next image, you'll want to turn it to its side. This sketch is from the 18th century poet and artist William Blake. The movement reflected here is one of dissent. The Trinitarian God is the God who comes down toward us, entering into the pain of human life, the suffering of creation. It is Christ who carried out this mission of the humble God most completely. He's the lower figure arms stretched as though on the cross, as he is embraced by the Father who bends down toward him. 
The image of the Father here resembles Mary in the Pieta, embracing the crucified body of her Son. Yet Jesus faces the Father, offering another possibility for his movement. His body seems to be leaping upward into the Father's arms. His descent and ascent are both present in the reality of the cross. Hovering over the scene is the Spirit, its wings stretched in cruciform shape, groaning with us in our pain, embracing us in mercy. The Spirit resembles a bird gathering all together safely beneath her wings, just as Jesus longed to do for the people of Jerusalem just before his death. Birds in scripture are often also signs of hope and the promise of renewal. And that's surely part of the Spirit's image here as well. Our hope is in the God who came down among us and now draws us up toward the risen Christ. The final image, the Blessed Trinity, is by a contemporary nun and artist, Sister Marlene Schultz. Hers is a picture of human life being joined into the divine. At the center is a figure that we can take to be Christ, but could just as well be any of us. For it is through Christ that our own lives are drawn into God's life. God became human so that humans might become God, wrote Athanasius, the ancient Egyptian theologian who helped write our Nicene Creed and give us the concept of the Trinity. As the human figure of Christ reaches up, the arms of God, who we call Father, reach down. The person of the Trinity is one that St. Augustine said is God without qualification. That's who the Father is. While the Son and the Spirit are marked by their missions, all of them together working to reconcile creation into the peace of God. The Spirit in this image is the link. Emanating from the center of the Father, it is both heart and fire and bird moving down to join the life of the human one with the divine. It is the final movement of Trinitarian life, our lives joining God's life through the work of the Spirit. Three images for a three-personed God. Three concepts at the heart of Trinitarian life. See, I have to admit that despite Emily's complaint, I did sneak in hypostasis, kenosis, and theosis. Those old Greek words simply name the idea that God is a community who is made up of persons, first of all, hypostasis, descending to share in our suffering kenosis, and drawing us into the divine life as we become more and more like Christ, theosis. 
The Trinity may seem like a strange concept, and it is. It may seem mysterious and hard to grasp, and it surely is that. But I hope that through these three images, we might find some help in seeing the beauty of a God who desires our place at the table and is willing to enter even our suffering to bring us there. I hope that in the blank space on the back of your booklet, you'll take this home and work on your own image of the Trinity. That as you reflect on the beauty of the mystery that we've reflected on this Sunday, your own imaginations will be renewed. It's our turn now, not only to create new images, but also to reflect the hospitality we've been given by this triune God back to a world that is so desperately in need of hope. God's love is being poured into our hearts through the Spirit. And this hope that God gives us will not disappoint us. For Christ has entered into our suffering and now draws us into God's glory through the common life of God, three in one. Amen.